My name is Will McHenry, and joining us today on this Ponars podcast is Irina Bustigina, a professor at the Higher School of Economics, St. Petersburg. Irina, thank you so much for joining me for this Ponars podcast. How did the Ukraine crisis affect Russia's role in the post-Soviet space? Uh, well, uh, first of all, thank you very much for having me here. And I think that there are several dimensions that could be mentioned when thinking that how how the Ukrainian crisis affected the Russia's role in the post-Soviet space, because it kind of moved Russia into different directions simultaneously. Uh, first of all, meaning that uh, it's not about this is not about Russia and Ukraine. This is much more. So the space that's affected by, by by this conflict is much more than I wouldn't say this is the whole Eurasia, but this is the vast, vast you know spaces of Eurasia and. Uh, most of all the post-Soviet nations and the post-Soviet space. But this is also, you know, this is the the um, uh, changes that came with the Ukrainian crisis for, for, for Russia itself. This is the, uh, first of all, I would like to mention the new, uh, the new, uh, the new goal for Russia, and this is the goal of uh, overcoming the international isolation. Because the Russian leadership, I'm sure it was aware that uh, the annexation of Crimea would cause uh, absolutely negative reaction from the international community. So the idea was how uh, how to prevent this coming isolation and, and possibly ever increasing isolation. And uh, that's why one of the one of the results of this calculation was the uh, speed with which the with the Russia tried to. Uh, establish the new integration body, and this is the Eurasian Economic Union. So this is the first thing, and then uh, the other idea was that the, the, the other, the other uh, task that Russia had after the uh, Ukrainian crisis was the task of consolidating the nation. So this is this is the overcoming the international isolation. If we look, if we look, you know, kind of abroad, and then if you look inside, then the idea is to consolidate it domestically. So to explain, to explain to the Russian audience, so explanations are very the Russia-friendly explanations are very important to understand what was this crisis, and then how can we can can we consolidate, you know, the nation with presenting presenting the Ukraine as a. Uh, as a success, and look, Will, I think he is a kind of an ambivalent thing because Russia had a failure, and this was the failure of uh, binding Ukraine with Russia, because Putin several, several, many times attempted to, you know, through the president Yanukovych, to bind Russia by uh, kind of final commitments to uh, to Russia and to the Customs Union, the 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 other integration project, and these attempts failed. However, so, so this was the failure, meaning looking from the integration perspective. But then from this failure, they tried to construct the success story. And this was, this was no, no integration, but annexation. And this was about, about the Crimea. So all in all, I want to say that, that uh, uh, the, the, uh, this, how, how Russia was affected by the, by the, uh, by the Ukrainian conflict was multidimensional, and also tactics and strategic and so on and so forth. What is the reaction of the post-Soviet nations to Russia's attempts of increasing its influence? Mm, again, again, here are, uh, I would say there are kind of 
uh, more expected, uh, you know, the more expected reactions and less expected reactions. And this is what makes this the whole subject interesting. Because what was expected, and this is really the case, that uh, the fear of the leadership of the post-Soviet nations vis-a-vis -vis, uh, Mr. Putin increased. And this is absolutely understandable. Because Putin showed what? He showed that the uh, that the borders of the between the countries, the interstate borders, could be violated, that they're not sacred at all, that could be violated, and this is this is sure. And then, that's why uh, immediately after after the uh, annexation of Crimea, it was a rise in the interest in northern Kazakhstan because the people were asking, is will be in the northern Kazakhstan is is will it be the the the, the the next step of the of the uh, Russian leadership. So first was, was, was the fears, but then it was not, not only about the fears, and this was unexpectedly, unexpectedly, and this related again to the Eurasian Economic Union, uh, that uh, the quite unexpectedly, the smaller nations of the post-Soviet space they gave they had the new chances of negotiating their positions vis-à-vis -vis Russia because. In order to overcome the international isolation, what Russian leadership needed, they needed the new success story, international success story, and this was the Eurasian Economic Union. And they needed it just like incrementally, but now, but now the momentum was very important. Yes, and to do it in the in the this very, very momentum, uh, having in mind this this increased fears, they had to make considerable concessions to all other post-Soviet nations, be it Nazarbayev, be it Lukashenko, be it Armenian leadership, be it, be it Kyrgyzstan leadership, and so on and so forth. So now uh, fears from, from, from the one hand, but from the other hand more, you know, kind of more room for manoeuvre, more room for manoeuvre for the leadership of the smaller countries. Finally, what do you expect in the future, in particular with regard to the Russian-driven Eurasian Economic Union? Uh, First of all, I expect that it will exist, you know, further. It's, it's not going to be dissolved, or I don't know what. But uh, this is this is one, the one thing. But uh, it will be, you know, more on paper than you know in reality. It will be a lot of eclectic moves and presentation of the Eurasian Economic Union as a how they try again to explain the Eurasian Economic Union. What is the Eurasian Economic Union? The Eurasian Economic Union is a reflection of the uh, objectively existing trends in Eurasia, meaning the the uh, formation of the bigger, larger, larger regions and around the leaders. And Russia presents itself as one of the natural leaders, not only, not only as a great power, but also as a regional, as a regional leader. So uh, this will be the case. However, you know, and, and I think this is the most profitable situation for Russia, to keep further this status quo, you know, to play with the Eurasian Economic Union and try to present it like, like, like uh, our, like they would like to do, you know, for the internal audience. But in the uh, real terms, there is absolutely or almost no chances uh, neither to or either to uh, deepen this integration, nor to make it larger, to and to accept the new members. Fascinating, Irina. Thank you so much for joining me for this Bonars podcast. Thank you very much. Well,